Welcome to Swimming Upstream, the 10-minute podcast about Catholicism, technology, culture, baseball, whatever else might come up. I'm your host, Eric Sammons. This is episode number 19. On today's show, I'm going to be discussing my favorite baseball team, Cincinnati Reds, and what it means to be a Reds fan for my entire life. So last night, I'm recording this on Thursday, July 20th, and last night I went to a Reds game with my wife, and it was an exciting one, It was, uh, which is a little bit surprising this year, considering how they're doing. They're playing the Diamondbacks, and they went to extra innings and won in a walk-off in the 11th inning. So it was uh, a, great, a great game to be at. But it got me thinking about being a Reds fan. Uh, I grew up in Cincinnati, and I've been a Reds fan as long as I can remember. However, I'm not old enough to really remember the Big Red Machine. Usually when people think of Reds fans their whole life, they think of the Big Red Machine in the 70s. And although I was born in in the early 1970s, I was too young really to follow it. My first memories of the Reds were right after the Big Red Machine. So we're talking late 70s, early 80s. So think about Johnny Bench at third base. That's what I saw. I saw them pass their prime. And I saw the really, really bad years of the early 80s. I think it was 82 in which they were just awful. They lost over 100 games. I think it's the only time they've ever lost over 100 games. And, of course, the 80s also was a big time for Pete Rose being the player manager. I distinctly remember being called in. I was mowing the grass. I think I was called in so we could watch him get his uh, – his hit to become the hit king to break Ty Cobb's record, 41-92. And uh, that was very exciting for all of Cincinnati. But I'll be honest, and this is going to be heresy to other Reds fans, other Cincinnati natives, I never liked Pete Rose. I've never liked him. I didn't like him when he was a player. I didn't like him as a man, player manager, and I don't like him now. I just, just something about him. I get it. He plays hard. He does love the game of baseball. He's was an excellent player. He did more with his talent than probably anybody in the history of baseball. But I just can't get over that he's an immoral degenerate as well. And just as far as like the way he's lived his life and everything with the, the gambling and not, not admitting it and all that. So I just can't be a, a Pete Rose fan. For me, Johnny Bench was my favorite. And then in the 1980s, Eric Davis soon became my favorite. I just loved Eric Davis. I remember when he came up, that year he had, it wasn't a calendar year. It was from like the middle of one year, I think it was 85, to the middle of 86, or maybe it was 84 to 85, I can't remember now, where he just, I think he, I think he ended up, it was like a combination. It was like over 40 home runs and over 100 stolen bases or something crazy like that. Everybody, all all my friends, we wanted to have the Eric Davis stance with their hands down low and that quick bat swing. Of course, we had no talent, so putting our hands down low was terrible for us. But I really loved Eric Davis. I liked Barry Larkin a lot too. Um, Chris Sabo, some of those guys from the late '90s and uh, late '80s. I mean, and of course, 1990 was the big year for me because I don't remember the World Series wins of '75 and '76. I don't remember watching them. I was you know, just a few years old, so I'm, we might have had the TV on. I don't know. Um, but 1990, I remember distinctly, I was in college, and I remember watching the deciding game in my dorm room uh, when they won game four against the Oakland Athletics, the sweep that everybody predicted, except for they picked the wrong team to sweep. But then after 1990 World Series, soon to, I really stopped watching baseball for about a decade or so. It was mostly because of life. I just didn't have a TV for most of the 90s and early aughts. And so I just didn't find – there was no MLB.com, no way to follow baseball really. And I didn't live in Cincinnati. So since I didn't care that much about other teams, 
I didn't follow the Reds very much. I would basically just follow the box scores. I remember 1999 when they were making that run for the playoffs. I remember watching, uh, I, I'm reading the box scores each morning to see how they did. And yes, for those who are younger, those are, you know, it was from a newspaper. It was, there was very little on the internet. I would go to the internet then. It was the early years of really the internet. I'd go to ESPN's website and I'd always check out how the Reds did. Didn't watch any of the games, so I checked it out. And I remember when they got in that one game playoff at the end of 99. Oh, lighter, I hate you. I remember that game. And I remember I was living in Steubenville at the time, Steubenville, Ohio, Eastern Ohio. And I remember doing everything I could to pick up the radio, a radio signal to, to listen to the game. And I remember trying to listen to the game and how disappointed I was when we lost that game, having such a great team. And then we picked up King Griffey Jr. Right after that. And I was so pumped about that. I was like, this is great because King Griffey Jr. is my all-time favorite player. He's right ahead of Eric Davis. And when the Reds picked him up, um, quick aside on King Griffey Jr., of course, he grew up in Cincinnati as well. And my brother, my older brother, played Little League against him. And he has a story of uh, one time he was playing, I think it was in right field. And as he jokes, he was that if I was playing, it was in right field. And Jr. comes at the bat and he hits one so far. So my brother turns around, runs to go get the ball. And he, by the time he picks up the ball, he looks in, and Junior's crossing home plate. That's how far he hit it. And if you think about Junior being a lefty, oh, my gosh, you can just see him crushing it to right field. I played against Junior's younger brother, Craig Griffey. And my story of fame with them is that I was leading off third base, and Craig Griffey was a catcher. He caught the ball from his knees. He threw it down to third. He got there He got there so fast, I literally had not moved my feet. I turn around, and the third baseman already has the ball, and I'm out. Anyway, but then I started in 2009. So I didn't follow baseball for a while very closely. I didn't watch it much. But in 2009, Easter, my wife was about seven months pregnant, and I uh, wanted to find something to do on Easter afternoon with the kids to keep them quiet because I wanted my wife to be able to rest. She was so tired for getting everything ready for Easter the night before and, and making it a great day for everybody. But she was exhausted, of course. She wanted to take a nap. And I wanted the kids to be quiet. So I remember getting a, a trial for MLB.tv and watching the Reds game against the Pirates that day. This was Easter Day 2009. And the kids were fascinated. They were, how old were they? Maybe 6, 8, 10, and 12. And they were just fascinated because they'd never really watched a baseball game before. And they just loved it. And it was great to watch with them because they kept asking questions about what's going on here. What, what does that mean? Why is he doing that? I had to explain to them all these things about baseball like, okay, the third strike, he's out, but a foul ball is a strike. But if the third strike is a foul ball, then it's not really a third strike. It doesn't count as a strike. It counts as a strike, but it doesn't make him out. All these things that are so confusing to a new person, but to people who watch baseball all the time. It's not that big a deal. We're used to it. And I still remember one of the best parts was there was a double play at one point. So I was explaining to him a double play, how you could get two outs in one play. And so my daughter Lucy said, well, can you have a triple play? And I thought it was a great question. I was like, yes, you can. I said, but that was never happens. Triple plays are very rare. Literally two innings later, I think it was, it was in that game, the Pirates pulled a triple play off of the Reds. And they, we, I was just dying. And Lucy was like, I thought you said it didn't happen very often. But that really rekindled my love for baseball and got my whole family interested in it again. And so in the 2010 season, watching the Reds, we really followed the Reds that year. We, we got the subscription MLB, watched a lot of the games, watched their drive to the playoffs, 
And then the Jay Bruce home run on September 28th, 2010 was just a huge deal in our family. We were all watching the game. I remember us all jumping up and screaming when we hit that home run. And it really was something that made my son particularly a fan for life. I think he's going to be a baseball fan for the rest of his life. He's going to be a Reds fan for the rest of his life. And I, my, my girls aren't as into baseball as my son is, but they're definitely baseball fans. And they, I think they will be throughout their life. And that really is... I mean, what I've enjoyed about baseball the most and following the Reds is that it's been an opportunity to bond with my kids, to have something in common with them to talk about and to enjoy together. And because baseball is a, kind of a slower-paced sport, which I like, you can watch the games and you can have a conversation. You don't have to be so intense in watching it. You can talk about different things. And so that's been a great blessing for our family, just watching the Reds and following them. And, of course, with MLB.TV, now I get the subscription every year. We watch a lot of games. We Now that we are back and living in Cincinnati, we go to some of the games as well, which is great. And although the Reds are terrible this year and they were terrible the last couple of years, I do have hope for the future of the Reds. I'm happy with Dick Williams, the new general manager. I think he's going to be a good general manager, and he really understands we need to rebuild. I'm also happy with Brian Price. He kind of annoyed me when he first became manager. I thought he was going to be too much like every old manager like Dusty and everybody, Dusty Baker and everybody else. But I think he's, I think he's actually a pretty good manager. Uh, I mean, it's a small market team. Rooting for the Reds means you're going to have a lot of down years. And that's the case for any small market team. I lived in Florida. I rooted for the Rays when I was down there. Same thing with that. This isn't the Yankees. This isn't the Red Sox. This isn't the Dodgers where they can just reload each year with lots of money. They have to be smart. And I think that's actually more enjoyable because, frankly, if you're a Yankees fan, they win the World Series. Whoopity-doo. You just bought another World Series. Nobody cares. But if you're the Reds and you get to the playoffs and you win the playoff series and you go to the World Series, that's a big deal because you know how much you had to work to make it happen. So that's just a little history of my uh, being a, a Reds fan and passing on being a Reds fan to my children and how much I've enjoyed being a Reds fan. I hope for, uh, many years to be watching them and having the kids watch them and maybe even one day even watching them with my grandkids. Okay, that's it for today's episode. Until next time, keep swimming against the stream.